You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Yesterday was a fun sports day. It, it was, was awesome watching both of the NFL games, mm-hmm. which I am not a Patriots fan in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I'm pretty heated that you had to come in to work this morning and discuss another Super Bowl that the Patriots are in. I wanted to see Pat Mahomes get there, but it was crazy yeah. what we saw from both of those championship games wait, yesterday. Wait, wait, wait. You're not one of those Patriot haters, are you? Yes, I am a Patriot hater. Why you got to be a hater? 100%. I Why am a Patriot hater. hater. Uh, yeah, I, I love the Patriots as much as I love the Warriors. I want dominance, Walker. I want that consistency. I am usually with you. I am not one of these people that usually hates greatness. I, I yeah, don't exactly. hate I don't hate LeBron James. You know, people I I love LeBron James. In fact, I've loved every single minute that he's been in the league. I, I've actually really enjoyed watching the Golden State Warriors play. I'm usually not one of these guys, but as a kid, watching the New England Patriots one oh, yeah, that's right. beat the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl on a last-second field goal by Adam Vinatieri, but also having some love for the Colts and having that rivalry go back and forth. I can't see, see now. Can now you understand making, my pain? Yes, but you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like you're hating outside the club because you can't get in. I am exact. That's exactly right. I am. Why not are you hating on the club when you can't get in? You know, I've been in a couple of times. I have not been in as many times as the Patriots, but... The Patriots are a team that I am just not going to go all in for. Plus, there are some things that are easily disliked about the New England Patriots. Oh, no. Again, they're dislikable. Like, Golden State doesn't have any cheating scandals towards them. No, they just have Draymond Green. Yeah, LeBron, right. LeBron James, and that is something that is dislikable about them, for sure. LeBron James, to me, the, the one thing that you dislike about LeBron James probably more than anything is the decision. I feel like that's the number one thing. Which that is peop- the dumbest reason to hate somebody. I agree. I agree. And that's why I, 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 I am a fan of LeBron. But the Patriots, they'll always hold a special place in my heart for the pure hatred that I have for them. And yet, we have to talk about them being in another Super Bowl where I wanted to see Andy Reid. I wanted to see the good guy, Andy Reid, and Pat Mahomes in there so badly. At least we got the Rams in the Super Bowl, and I was happy to see that. Let, let me put it this way. Just let me put this. put it this way. The city of Atlanta was saved when the <laughs> Saints fans were not allowed to invade. Yes, that was that was true. Bamani has been trying to tell everybody on Highly Questionable, not on Highly Questionable, on High, High noon, noon for a long time now. He's been trying to tell everybody, and it is true. Because the Saints fans were going to be on their worst behavior when they got to the Mercedes-Benz. When are they not? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But especially in Atlanta. And in the meantime, while it was halftime for, I believe it was the AFC Championship game, and in commercial breaks, I did tune in to see the Charlotte Hornets game. And I actually just came back from watching that on replay once again. So I did get to see the Hornets game. That was not so fun. The fourth no. quarter is when it got to be really ugly. It was a replay of Minnesota all over again. Right. So the Hornets, they go on a three-game winning streak this weekend, but they do drop the first road game of this three-game road trip they're about to take place on. And it reminds me of the Nuggets game that got the six-game road trip started a while mm-hmm. ago where they were relatively in reach of making it a game for a long time. But then the fourth quarter happened, and it went all to hell. Yeah. No, that was the big thing. It was just... Like, you could tell that they weren't going to win that game early. Because I, I, unlike most of America, I was live tweeting the game. Yes, you were. I was watching 
the the Hornets game specifically. You're, you're a better prepare. Hornets fan than I am, not. I mean, you were solely there, not for any of the championship games. You were there for some Hornets and well, I guess you were there for the Hornets and Suns game is what you were there. I was for. there for the Hornets and Suns, but you were live tweeting the both of these games that took place. Yes, over the I was. Weekend. I was actually. I was. I, I didn't want to watch. I, I could watch Chiefs Pats like on replay on NFL Network on Tuesday. That's true. I was here. <laughs> For watching this Hornets game, because Lord knows when the next time I'm gonna see that replay. And you know what? I'm glad. I'm probably not gonna see that replay for another three days. Yeah, I'm we don't need very, to. Very, very happy. Yeah, 120 to 95. The Pacers ended up winning again. It's it got out of hand in the fourth quarter. The Pacers outscored the Hornets by 13 points. They allowed a 30 point quarter in the first quarter to the Pacers, and they allowed a 37-point quarter to the Pacers in the fourth, again, where they got outscored by 13. So a 25-point loss for them. But, Nada, I feel like I'm not as angry as we usually are when we come into these games. One, because I feel like just in the macro, somewhat of a macro context mm-hmm. that we take this in, the Hornets showed us that they can play some defense the three games prior. They did. They had a victory against the San Antonio Spurs, against the Kings and the Suns. So we had a pretty good team, an average team in the Kings, and a really bad team. But for the most part, they demonstrated they can play well on both ends of the court in all three of those games. Isn't that the first time they won three straight? Too? Yes, I think it is. It, it it might be. I'm pretty sure that it is. But you also look at the second night of a back-to-back mm-hmm. against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Second best defensive team in the league. Going on the road like... You know what? I wish they would have lost by 25, but I don't think that margin of victory really told the whole story of this game. No. Because you were, I was just, again, just looking at this replay before I came in today. I mean, they were very close at the end of the third quarter. It was a seven point game with like a minute and a half left in the third. Then I believe Collinson hit a three from the corner. DeMontis Sabonis went to the line, I think, with a couple of foul shots, and they got over 80. And then they had that 37 point fourth quarter. But again, it was close until they got to the final quarter of action. But I, I'm like, nobody should be cool with your team losing by 25 points, but I'm not as angry as I've been by blowouts in the past. This is a really good team. This is my fine Eastern, one of my Eastern conference finals teams, the Indiana Pacers. They have played well. They are a machine. They're going to grind you down. They're going to make you take shots that you don't necessarily want to take. You saw a lot of long twos in this game and a lot more than you normally see. You saw Marvin Williams basically miss a open three after open three for the better part of three quarters. Yeah, he was not good. He wasn't good. You had Kemba, who was who got his, but took a lot of shots to do it. You had Jeremy Lamb show in and show out. I mean, Tony Parker wasn't effective. We could go down the list, and I could tell you how many guys were, weren't effective more than I can tell you guys that actually were. Yeah, Hornets had eight guys in double figures the previous night against mm-hmm. the Suns at home. They were scoring at will 135 points they put up on Phoenix. Which Unless we talk about the Phoenix's defense, the better. Sure, you're, you're right about that. And they had eight guys, again, going double figures, but they only had four against the Pacers and you had Kimba, besides him, go over 20. Biz, Lamb, and Monk had 10, 10, and 11. So even if they got to double figures, they barely got so. So scoring was hard to come by for this Hornets team. Nobody could really get it going. And as you said about Kimba, it's not like it was the most efficient 20 in the world for Kimba Walker. So just not a great performance from them offensively or defensively, certainly in the first and last, the bookend quarters of this game. But here, here's where I'm going to get angry uh, on the Hornets. If they lose to Memphis and especially don't show up. 
So if, if you lose to them and then you don't answer, if you don't win four out of the five that they would have played at that point, that's when I'll get pretty upset. No, that you'll have every right to be upset because at this point you'll have, what, two and a half days to rest? You'll have two and a half days right. you're in Memphis. Stay away from the barbecue. Stay away from the barbecue. <laughs> stay away from, like, Zach Randolph's old neighborhood and all that. <laughs> yes, please, God, stay, stay away Stay from away. <laughs> Just enjoy Memphis for two days. Enjoy your Martin Luther King Day. Don't work. Unfortunately, I have broken my own rule on that. I am working today. And I would just say just literally just rest, relax, get focused, get your mind right. And then, you know what? Play big win on Wednesday. Because yeah, sure. Because you're not you're not winning on Friday. Yeah, I I would agree with that. It's certainly one that they're not going to be favored. There's no conceivable way you would have them favored in that game. And you have to look at Memphis, who is just absolutely reeling right now. Uh, they have lost their last five games. It's been against some really good competition. So it's not like they've been dropping all of these games to bad teams. But even even you look at them, they lost the last five. They have a win against the Spurs. And then before that win against the Spurs, though, they lost the previous six before that. And this is a team that is reeling in every sense of the word. 19 and 27 after a pretty good start to the season for them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a team that is considering moving on from Marc Gasol. Yeah. This is a team that's considering moving on from Mike Conley. This is a team that has uh, injured Kyle Anderson, who's not going to be available for this game against the Hornets. So this is a team, if you don't show up against the Memphis Grizzlies and get a dub, even if you lose by just one point, that's when I think we can be frustrated with a Hornets effort or an outcome. No, no, you cannot lose. Yeah, so You, you, you can't lose. I'm sorry. You can't lose that game at all. You cannot lose this game to a bad team and go 0-3 on the road, hoping to get back against the Knicks and show up in a game that's not necessarily guaranteed. Because, again, I've already gone over this. You're losing at Milwaukee no matter what. We can call that a schedule loss right off top. You will go 0-3 on this road trip if they do not win on Wednesday. All right, we're getting, yeah, we're giving you Daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. Just $1, you'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Again, that's patreon.com slash LOH, patreon.com slash LOH. Some Kimball Walker appreciation up next after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. Now that we have this question, I got. I, I feel like I need to ask this. Mm-hmm. Are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks? Pumpkin pie folks. Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Happy MLK Day to you guys. And I feel like we've seen the last few years, the Charlotte Hornets, they have played some of the day games that have been offered on MLK Day. And two years ago, a moment in history, a moment in Hornets history, two years ago, the Hornets beat the Jazz on yeah, MLK Day. Maybe maybe it was three years ago. It was 2016. So it was a few years ago. We'll just say that. The Hornets beat the Jazz on MLK Day behind an outstanding performance from Kimba Walker. So Kimba... Not only did he set a franchise record for the team at that time, but also a career high, scoring 52 points in that win. And also, just to go with how crazy that game was and how fun it was, Gordon Hayward set a then-career high for himself, scoring 37 points in that game. But the Hornets were able to squeeze it out. Over 120 points were scored by the Hornets. That was an overtime game, but wasn't that, it? That, yeah, it was. That was an awesome basketball game. I imagine like that's one of the regular season games a lot of people remember watching. I was at that game because I was working for the radio station at the time. 
And I just remember that being one of like the most awesome. That's like one of the five best games I've ever been to in Spectrum. It was that was a fantastic game. And I think I went to, if I'm not mistaken, I think I went to a Toronto Raptors MLK Day game mm-hmm. maybe a couple of years before that. Maybe it would have been 2015, Back 2014. When they actually used to win against the Raptors. And, and they were, and they did beat the Raptors. And it was a game where I think they might have came back from a large margin and they were in, able to win that game. But that was also a fun one. But the Hornets have given us some good basketball in MLK Day. Now, I think it was Detroit where they got beat on the road last season? I, I think they no, played. I think, the, no, they won. They won. They won okay. big in that game, if uh, I'm not mistaken. All right. Well, I was way, way wrong, but I was right about the opponent. They did play Detroit, and it was on the road in Detroit. And uh, and we, we just haven't seen them, uh, or we won't see them this year, play on MLK Day. We got to see play a couple games in a row on Saturday and Sunday, but not today, which is a little weird. Used to seeing that. No, no I'm used to seeing it, and it's yeah. one of those nice little things for the kids to get out, get a, get a nice 3 o'clock day game. It's a great thing for beat writers, people that cover the team. Yeah, like I love matinees. Yes. I mean, they're the best. You know, watching those types of games. In fact, I'm going to go watch the Charlotte 49ers play Old Dominion tonight. And But I, I shouldn't say tonight. It's this afternoon. It's a 4 o'clock game. So that, I love that. It'll be out by 6. I, exactly. It's going to be fantastic. It'll be fun to see those guys play and to see those types of games in the afternoon. That's fantastic. Uh, so another interesting thing about Kimball Walker, by the way, is a basketball reference tweet uh, was just brought to my attention, I believe, just a couple, maybe earlier today. So Kimball Walker... He's on pace to be the fourth player in NBA history listed at 6'1 or shorter to average 25 points per game and post a true shooting percentage over 550. The other guys that are mentioned here is, do you want to take a guess at some of them? Allen Iverson, Isaiah Thomas. You bastard. You've uh, already taken a look. Uh, no, I already, I tweeted this. I, I Did you retweet this? this. Oh, yes. I, didn't even, I didn't even see you I quote, quote tweet tweeted this. this. All right. Well, I, oh, you've got it right then. It's Isaiah Thomas, it's Allen Iverson, and it is Tiny Archibald. He did it twice, which is fantastic. But then again, you're right. Allen Iverson and Isaiah Thomas did it. So Kimball Walker, as long as he keeps it up, pretty damn good company. I feel like that's what makes him so exciting. And when we talk about some of the best point guards, all right, when we just talk about some of the best short players in the game actively, yeah. is Kimba the best? I mean, who who else is... He's not ex- over Iverson. It, well, I'm saying right now. I'm saying that's currently playing in the league as it stands. I mean, is, short, is Kimba the best? Yeah, he's the best by default. Like I, Yeah, is there nobody... like Because he's Me, not Iverson. As he's much not as Iverson. I, like, Chris Paul is old and washed. Well, that's true. Like, Chris Paul, you'd probably put right up there but yes. he is washed i mean he's starting to get washed yes i yeah i mean i feel like kimba when we talk about extremely short players in the game mm-hmm. and maybe extremely is a little too a little too undersized strong of a word, yes. but yeah he is extremely undersized and you look at again isaiah thomas at five nine i mean we knew that was i mean i guess we learned that was a mirage so kimba walker yeah, that man, was brad that was brad stevens it was it was brad stevens it was brad stevens and isaiah thomas was fun he was a folk hero that season. That was amazing to see what he was able to do in Boston. But Kimba, we'll see if he's able to get it going again against the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, again, we, we talked about it, Nada. I mean, we've certainly seen this Hornets team fall to some of the worst teams in all of the NBA. That mm-hmm. would be the case, again, if they drop this one to the Grizzlies. But hopefully they do not do that. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. 
We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Laranega and James Borrego. Should get the first name. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay too. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Not a one thing that has been interesting to me with all of the opportunities that we've seen the Hornets have in garbage time, whether they have been on the negative side of things in garbage time or the positive, is that Frank Kaminsky cannot get any burn whatsoever. None. So here's a guy a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago, that was rumored to be on the trade block, Mm -hmm. that they wanted to somehow attach a Nick Batum contract to this, which is somewhat laughable, of of course, right? Like Mitch Kupchak, of course. Every GM in the world wouldn't want to attach Nick Batum's contract to anything that you could possibly send out of the way of Charlotte here. But Frank Kaminsky, he was rumored to be on the trade block. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even in opportunities where there is garbage time, Frank doesn't get any minutes whatsoever. So you look at Indiana, that was a 25-point loss. A lot of time in the fourth quarter, if you wanted to put Frank out there, didn't get any minutes. Nope. You look at Phoenix, garbage time, didn't get any minutes. Sacramento. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to know the funny part about the Phoenix thing? I would love to hear it. Yes. So Billy fouls out. Yeah, with right. like a minute left. <laughs> right. What do they do? They put Biz back in. Well, they they go to MKG as oh, that's well. Right. They go to yeah. MKG. That's right. They go to MKG at the five, and Frank Kaminsky still can't get no run. And so now you go to Phoenix, you go to Sacramento, garbage time opportunity there for a little bit at the end of that game. Doesn't get any there, but sure, maybe you could theoretically see that. The the last time he actually got any run was against Portland on the road, and that was big garbage time early. He only got eight minutes. You know, before that, the last time he got any run was against Dallas, which we all know was the Armageddon game. Mm -hmm. That was 16 minutes of action for Frank. Before that, that's actually when he was somewhat in the rotation at that point. Four against Cleveland, eight against the Los Angeles Lakers. But the last time you actually saw him in any kind of real getting real minutes, that was December 19th against Cleveland. Ever since then, I mean, we've only seen him very sparingly with plenty of garbage time opportunities. Nada. Why are they refusing to play Frank Kaminsky even in situations where you're supposed to be emptying the bench as deep as you have it? I wish I had. And now, see, here's the thing. I have to, like, personally recuse myself because there are certain things that Frank Kaminsky does that I'm just never going to approve of. In this case, I don't get it because there's, there's, again, depending on who you ask, the data says he's a better option to play than Billy Hernan Gomez. I'm not so sure I agree, but at some point you would think, why not find out again? Why not? But but Borrego's like, okay, this is the rotation. I'm going to stick with it. I'm hoping it's something in practice because otherwise none of this makes sense because you're not packaging him with somebody to get a, a contract off. I'm sorry. Right. So, so here's what I'm thinking. I mean, if you're not playing Frank Kaminsky at all, mm-hmm. is there a wink-wink deal between the agent and Frank as well as the Hornet side of things where we're going to look to move you? Because mm-hmm. if you're Frank Kaminsky, you have to be looking for a change of scenery yourself. I mean, yes. you can't be happy with what's gone on the last couple of seasons. So if you're Frank Kaminsky... Then And if you're the Hornets, 
you don't want to risk Frank Kaminsky getting injured because already he doesn't have a whole lot of value, right? That's what the Hornets have to be thinking. But the other thing, the other side of the coin here that I think you could argue is, is there any way that you would want to showcase some of the abilities that he does have in garbage time? Which are? To try to enhance his shooting. I mean, do you allow Frank to get on somewhat of a hot stretch? I mean, there are some things that Frank, that that's the only reason why you would want Frank is because of his contract, because it's not a whole lot of money and it's expiring. But also, if you wanted to keep him, it would be a stretch big. I mean, he can shoot enough to be effective from that end of the floor, from the three-point range. So is that something that the Hornets would even explore doing? But they they haven't. So this has to be, to me, a situation where they just don't want Frank to get injured so they can hope to God that they can hold on to the value, the little value that Frank has in him right now. What value does he have? Because, again, he shows you he can't guard the pick and roll. Now, granted, neither can Billy Hernan Gomez, nor a lot of the bigs just <laughs> on the floor. But he's might be a locker room guy that you might not want around. He might not be the best teammate. Like, And on top of that, 65% of the salaries in the NBA are expiring. So... And again, this is a very small number. If it was a bigger number, if it was $10, $12 million, yes, we'd be complaining about the contract, but at the same time, it'd be a whole lot easier to move than I think, what, the three or four million that's left on his deal. It's a very hard deal to move because everybody's got cap space coming up in this year because everybody thought they were going to have their shot at KD at potentially Steph, at Clay Thompson, to break up the Warriors of sorts. Well, and, and while we're on this trade discussion with the Charlotte Hornets, any time that anybody is announced to be on the trading block, we often talk about the realistic option, the realistic possibility of that person becoming a Charlotte Hornet mm-hmm. and whether it would behoove the Hornets to inquire about them. So you look at Dennis Smith Jr., for the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, he's from Fayetteville, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. There would be the North Carolina tie there, right? Didn't and, he play at NC State, too? Uh, he sure did. He played there for a lot of money, made a nice chunk of change while he was over he got underpaid at, at NC State. You're probably right. You know, and it, I, I love I love when Joe Ovius tweeted this out when we saw Dennis Smith Jr. get hit with that, right? When, we, <laughs> when his name was on that report. It's like, what? Do you want State to negate their wins that they had with Dennis Smith exactly. Jr.? Like, who cares? It's like, All right. Yep, sure. That'll be our punishment. That's fine. But Dennis Smith Jr., a top 10 pick in the draft just last season. Oh, it's not working out with him on the court alongside Luka Doncic. In fact, the numbers are pretty staggering when you look at the difference with Dennis Smith Jr. off the court and when he's on the court. It's a lot better when Dennis is off the court right now, but it's still a top 10 pick mm-hmm. in a sophomore season. Mm-hmm. No, he has shown you some good games against Charlotte. It was a great game for him that he played here at the Spectrum Center. And so basically not a a roundabout way of asking you, is there any way, if you're the Hornets, would you be interested in maybe acquiring Dennis Smith Jr.? And at what price would you be willing to pay? Let me ask you, let me ask you, I hate to answer a question with a question. But you're going to do it anyway. But I'm going to do it anyway. That's fine. That's your right. You you just said he has shown flashes. Mm -hmm. He's in his sophomore season. Right. And he's performed in again, shown flashes in games. Does that sound like anybody we know? Uh yes, it does. It sounds like Why would you add another? Maybe a backcourt mate that would be here with Dennis and Malik Monk, probably. Why would you add another? Yeah, I'm if you wanted a point guard, I, I think a lot of this would have to do with the people that want to trade Kimba. Yeah. I, I think that would be the thing we where need to do, let that go. do do you get a first round pick from Dallas? Do you get Dennis and a first rounder? Or do they not? Do you have any kind of protection on it? Do you get a expiring Wesley Matthews? You know, I, I've seen some kind of deals out there that people have had fun with on the trade machine, and 
I'm with you. Like I'm Dennis Smith isn't doing it for me. You know, he's not the guy that I'm seeking in any kind of trade, certainly for Kimba or really any trade that I think would be able to happen with any of the other role players on this team. But it, it is interesting because it is a guy that I do believe in still. Like I, I like Dennis Smith Jr. I like Dennis Smith Jr. I interviewed the guy. In fact, I'll put the link in the <laughs> you show You guys are best friends. <laughs> I, I interviewed the guy. The The issue I have is if you're not going to work with Rick Carlisle, who granted is not the easiest coach to get along with. I was about with, to say, as far as like working with somebody, it's not like Rick Carlisle is viewed as the easiest guy. He's not the easiest guy, but he's not the worst guy to work with. Well, and he's and he is a genius, though. I mean, yeah, I think exactly. we can all agree that he is one of the smarter coaches in the league. Like if Rick Carlisle can't make it work, and I like James Borrego, James Borrego ain't Rick Carlisle. Not yet. If you can't make it work with him, and they're going through media, many media guys. Like, we know who the source for Shams is on this one. <laughs> it's not anybody from the Smith camp. It's from one guy. And if I'm, I'm not going to call out any names because he's known to get active on Twitter if I call out names. All right. But it's one guy yeah. that's leaking all of this. And he's wanting to do this. I'm pretty sure that you are basically, like, they're getting low. They had to call him again in... Rick Carlisle called this man and said, we have to make up because nobody really wants you and no one really wants to trade anything of merit. Yeah, so he'll he'll stay re- away. Right. He'll rejoin Dallas for Tuesday's home game against the L.A. Clippers. And he informed the team about Smith's pending return after being somewhat in purgatory, not really having a space with this team. It wasn't very long lasted. You know, it, oh. it didn't last. What was it, like a few days? But Dennis Smith is going to return for that Clippers game. And we'll end up today with this uh, Not I Know. It is MLK Day. And so Not I Said, I know that you had some thoughts that you wanted to share on the pod today. Yes, uh, folks, it is MLK Day. I am working. And granted, again, it's a choice. I could have taken the day off and not, again, not cared. But I would just ask that you, if you're going to honor Dr. King, don't take a quote and use it out of context or anything like that. Take time to not just study the I have a dream speech, but letters from a Birmingham jail and a lot of his later work in terms of speeches, a lot of the stuff involving the Memphis sanitation workers. Um, I would just tell you that there's a lot more to Martin Luther King than just a dream and what he did and what he stood for and what he died for. And I think the depth of what Dr. King did gets lost. And you should you should take today just to think about that. And one other thing I'll add real quickly is, and something that Bomani Jones constantly tweets about, mm-hmm. it's the accountability that Martin Luther King held this country to that people sometimes forget about. It's yep. all about the praises that MLK really preached about peace and they forget about, oh, wait, that there was some accountability that MLK Jr. as well was trying to figure out, hey, get this, America, and it just wasn't happening. And so agreed and good stuff there from Nada and good stuff from the Charlotte Hornets in that winning streak, but not necessarily for that game against the Indiana Pacers just last night. Memphis Grizzlies, that game coming up here soon. And so we'll see if the Hornets are able to bounce back after that loss. They do have two more games on this road trip, and we appreciate you guys for listening to 
to another edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to us once again. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow with another edition. See you guys. And we...